listening to The Cream of the Crop with Cat's Cream, only on 107.9 Cam Glen Radio. Meow. Yes, you are listening to Cat's Cream with your host, I'm Cat Gibson, with you all the way through until one o'clock. On today's show, I'm going to be talking to Liz Allen about Ruth Williams' karma. Now, this is a love story which caused diplomatic and international consternation. She fell in love with an African prince and her life was the basis of a film called The United Kingdom, featuring Rosamund Pike and David Olio. I'm also going to be chatting to BBC Scotland news anchor Sally Magnuson about her brand new book called Music in the Dark, which is set in Rutherglen and she's coming to Rutherglen next Tuesday night at the Rutherglen Town Hall to launch the book, as well as a whole load of great tunes. So let's get started. First up then it is... Yes, it's Mr. Sexy himself, Louis Capaldi. From his very treacherous second album, they always say that the second album's very difficult to do, but he's managed it. And this is another track from it. It's called Wish You The Best. Tell me everything, darling But leave out every part about him Right now you're probably by the ocean While I'm still out here in the rain With every day that passes by since we've spoken It's like Glasgow gets farther from L.A. Maybe it's supposed to be this way But oh my love, I wanna say I miss the green in your eyes And when I said we could be friends, guess I lied I wanna say I wish that you never left Oh but instead I only wish you the best I wanna say without you everything's wrong And you were everything I need all Well, I can't help but notice You seem happier than ever now And I guess that I should tell you I'm sorry It seems I was the problem somehow Maybe I only brought you down But oh my Instead, I only wish you the best 
wish I could say it's something I really mean That I want you happy where the Nord is with me I wanna see, I wish that you never left Oh, but instead I only wish you the best I wanna see without you everything's wrong And you were everything I need all alone I wanna see, I wish that you never left Oh, but instead I only wish you the best You are listening to Cat Scream on Cam Glen Radio, 107.9 FM. Your voice, your music, your station.
Okay, so first up there, you heard from Louis Capaldi with Which You're the Best. That there was The Lion's Share, and the song is called The Undersea. So we're now going to go and listen to Quiet Houses. This is an indie folk, folk duo from Edinburgh, and the track is called Kisses and Run. Kisses and Run by Quiet Houses. Just an incredible sound. I think they 
these sound amazing. Coming up next then we've got a specialist pick. This time it is from Derek McCutcheon and it is the rebellious jukebox that happens here in Cam Glen on a Monday night between 8 and 10. He's gone for this band called Yabba and the song's called Jawbone. If you like that, make sure you listen in to Derek McCutcheon's Rebellious Jukebox right here on a Monday night between Monday um, 8 and 10. Now, that was Yabba and the track is called Jawbone. 
Now we're going to go to something totally different and a completely different vibe. This is Jessie Weir. Now I saw her on the one show the other night and she has got That Feels Good. That's her brand new album, that's the title. It's very sort of soul funk. Um, Jessie Weir, I'm sure if regular listeners will know, she's a mum of three, she does a podcast, she's a singer and songwriter, just incredible. It's like watching Supermum. When you watch her sort of social media feeds, it's you get this sort of envy about how you wish your life was like. And then you need to remember that she's probably only taking the pictures of the best bits. There we are, that's Jessie Ware with That Feels Good. And she's going to be taking it out on tour. She's going to be at the Glasgow Barrowlands on the 13th and 14th of November. 
So stay tuned. We've got loads more still to come. We've got the interview that I did with Liz Allen all about Ruth Cammer. Yeah, Ruth Kama, who's the United Kingdom. We're going to hear a little bit more about that. And we're also going to be hearing from Sally Magnuson about her brand new book. Radio is an amazing medium. It can inspire, entertain, inform and connect people. This station, Cam Glen Radio, is run by a dedicated, passionate and committed team of volunteers. And you can be one of those volunteers too. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced broadcaster or if you've never set foot in a studio in your life. We provide all the training and support that you need to do what you want to do. And it's a great way of making new social connections, learning new skills, expanding on your CV and just having loads of fun. So to find out more about volunteering with Cam Glen Radio, just email volunteering at healthynhappy.org.uk. Celebrate local bike shop day with Bike Town. As your local Cam Glen community cycling hub, Bike Town are thanking you with some awesome offers this weekend. From Friday 28th to Sunday 30th April, enjoy 10% off each purchase and 10% off bike servicing. A free Love Your Bike deal, including a safety check, chain lubrication, and bike security marketing worth $19.99. Plus, entry to a free prize draw to win a £50 voucher. So, don't miss out, get on your bike and get down to Bike Town, 5 Thompson Court, Rutherglen. For more info, call 01416473250 or search for Cam Glen Bike Town. Feel good? Go cycling! So, we're going to go back to the 1980s. Now, this is a brand... Uh, New song from a 1980s band, Depeche Mode, famous of course for their track and Just Can't Get Enough. This time it's called Wagging Tongue.
There you go, Depeche Mode there with Wagging Tongue. Brand new song out from them. They've got a brand new album out and they're going to be going back out on tour later on in the year. So now we're going to do a little bit of community announcements. Cam Glen Radio, community announcements. So Voluntary Action South Lanarkshire are looking for volunteers for their new home from hospital service. The service aims to help people being discharged from hospital who live alone to pick up medication and basic groceries in the immediate days after being discharged. To find out more, call 01698 300 390 or 07840 854 187. And Burnhill's Action Group's wellbeing hubs have restarted on Thursday nights from 6 to 8 in the high backs just off Penman Avenue. Each week there's a different activity that will take place and there's no need to book, just pop down. And finally, South Lanarkshire's Youth, Family and Learning Services are continuing to run their adult literacy and numeracy classes, accredited by the SQA. If you feel you need to boost your skills, you can call 01698 452 154 or email slcboost at glow.sch.uk. And that's all your community announcements right here on Cam Glen Radio. Now, I was telling you earlier on, I got to speak to Liz Allen about the life of Ruth Williams Kama. So this is a love story that caused international consternation. And it's not often that you can say that, you know, you've fallen in love with an African prince. So I asked Liz to tell us all about her. So continuing on with our series of Phenomenal Women, this month is going to be, oh, we're going off to Africa. We are. And it is down into, I mean, this this just appealed to me so much with the deserts, etc. But it's also a really sort of very different love affair. It is. And one that would have been considered a bit risky even in the 1950s. Very shocking. Why don't you tell us all about Ruth Williams Kama? I'll do my best. Ruth Williams Kama Cat was not just a phenomenal woman of her time. She was a real problem to the British government, to the South African government, and she became a huge issue in British tea shops and British families because we're looking at really a kind of Romeo and Juliet forbidden love affair. But unlike Romeo and Juliet, we can tell our listeners there was a happy ending mm-hmm. to this one. Yeah, absolutely. So Ruth Williams Kama actually passed away 21 years ago. But she was of that generation where she turned 20 just as World War Two began. She was brought up in London. Her father had been an officer in the Indian Army. And when she turned 20, she took part in the British war effort. She drove ambulances. She did fire-watching duties. So she survived the war, and after that, of course, like all folks, she was starting her life post-war. She was very close to her sister Muriel, and one fateful Saturday night, Muriel said, do you want to come to a dance with me? 
And the two of them went along and they met men from Africa. This was actually the first black man she had ever met. And they clicked. And they clicked for two basic reasons. One was they both loved dancing. And the second one was they both loved jazz music. So they were dancing the night away and he asked if he could see her again. And I think she must have thought, well, is this possible? What will my mum and dad say? Let's be keeping it quiet. And that's what they did. They actually met very secretly for about a year. And she didn't know his background. She only knew that he was a legal student at Balliol College, Oxford, and she later said he had a dazzling smile and beautiful manners, and of course, a great dancer. I mean, who could resist that? And at the end of about a year, Seretsi, his name, asked to marry Ruth. Now, this was immediately in a whole new dimension of worry and concern. Because Seretsi was not just a law student from Africa, he was actually the future tribal chief, the king of what was then called Betuana land. His father, the king, had died young. His uncle, Prince Chideki, was the regent in the country and had sent Seretsi to Britain to be educated. That was the setting for what became a huge international and national hoo-ha because Ruth took Seretsi home to meet her mum and dad. And Ruth's mother and father are stunned, shocked, bewildered and very worried about their girl making this decision that she wanted to marry an African And then when they're told, well, he's not just any African, he's actually an African prince. I think that just made it a bigger worry for them. Her father said no. Her mother was caught in the middle. Her father put her out the house. And Muriel, her sister, gave her every bit of support. Mm -hmm. So that was the British family angle. Then Seretsi contacted his uncle, the tribal chief, the regent at the time, and he said no. He said, you cannot marry a white woman because the tribal chief must marry an African woman because she will become the mother of the nation. And the next folk who said no were the South African government because they were the neighbouring country and they were just bringing in their racist laws of apartheid. And they said things like, you can't be next door to us as an African leader with a white wife. We're just separating the races and you are suggesting you marry a woman from a different race. That's illegal. And also it was described by the South African leader as nauseating. So we're looking at deep, deep racism. And we're also looking at wider geopolitics because Britain was building the nuclear programme and Britain needed uranium. And guess who had uranium? South Africa. So in other words, if we didn't do what South Africa wanted us to do, they weren't going to refuse to give us what we thought we needed for our H-bomb. Headlines followed. 
what was to be done. They couldn't get married in the church. The church were told that's not allowed. So they went ahead, both devout Christians, but married in a registry office. And they were married and they decided they would face whatever the future had in store. And they went together as a newly married couple to Betuana land. She didn't speak the language. Everyone was very scared about her and her ideas and taking her prince away and all this kind of thing. But she stuck it out. They said at the time that she was incredibly isolated. But she started to learn the language. And by that time, she was also expecting their first baby. Now, if they had any chance of success, Soretzi's child had to be born in the country. So he was still trying all the diplomatic stuff to have his marriage recognised. So he left Ruth in Betuana land, which was a difficult decision, to have their child so that this child could one day become the king or the queen in the future. He came back to London and basically the British government tricked him and he sent a telegram to Ruth to say, I have been tricked. They will not allow me back. So she had their first baby called Jacqueline in 1951 and they were separated for nearly five years. They would not let him back. And during those five years, she stuck to Serezzi. She stuck to him through lots of negative newspapers, through lots of pressure from the British government and they did not budge on their wish to be together. During those years also, she proved to be a very formidable person. One British official actually said, she is a much stronger person than we ever thought. You will not get Ruth to change her mind. And that shows a very great love and a very great strength of character. And you see, every month she was in Betuana land, she was learning more about the people. She was learning the language. In fact, there was a, a local story that she had brought the rain because they had more rains than they'd had normally and was nicknamed the Rain Queen. And at the end of about five years, she decided to go back to Britain, to leave the country that had become now her home because Serezzi was in a deep depression by this time. Mm -hmm. She said that she loved him more than today she'd married him, but she could see he was losing his spirit and he was losing any hope and would just sit, you know, in a cold house in Britain looking at the fire and was just lost in a depression because everything had been thrown at them and it looked as if there was no way out. When they were reunited, her mother and her father by that time had accepted Serezzi. They accepted they wanted to be together. They lived together in Britain. They had another baby, a baby boy called Ian. And then she also had twins. And by the end of the five years, the prince regent, Chideki, realised that Serezzi Kama needed to be back in the country with his white queen. 
Radio is an amazing medium. It can inspire, entertain, inform and connect people. This station, Cam Glen Radio, is run by a dedicated, passionate and committed team of volunteers and you can be one of those volunteers too. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced broadcaster or if you've never set foot in a studio in your life. We provide all the training and support that you need to do what you want to do. And it's a great way of making new social connections, learning new skills, expanding on your CV and just having loads of fun. So to find out more about volunteering with Cam Glen Radio, just email volunteering at healthynhappy.org.uk. But the British government still said no. And then they found an answer. And here's the answer. You can go back to Betuana land with your white queen if you renounce being the king. And that's the decision that they made. He said, I give it up. I renounce the chiefdom. In that way, I can go back to my homeland with the woman I love and my family. And he went back to Betuana land. And you know what that king, that tribal chief, Seretse Kama, did? Started working towards independence. Yes. He became a cattle farmer. And he didn't leave politics at all. So I think we could say he outwitted the British government because he said, I'm no longer your chief, but would you like to vote for me? Because I'm going to start the Betuana land Democratic Party. And guess what? He stood as a candidate for independence. He was elected in their elections and he became the first president of Betuana land and then the first president of an independent Botswana. And that was with his white queen beside him, Seretse Kama and Ruth who then became Lady Kama as Seretse was knighted by the new Queen Elizabeth, who really recognised that that good attitude was the way forward for the Commonwealth. And they lived together, they worked together the rest of their years in Botswana. She worked especially with disabilities and with folk who were living in very difficult circumstances, especially women who faced abuse, was much loved by the people, regarded herself as from Botswana, I'm a Botswana, she used to say, and that was the life that we decided to look at today. Ruth Williams Kama, the Disney love story, Romeo and Juliet, no happy ending, yes. Superb, well done. Thank you so much for that. That was absolutely incredible. Would you like a Scottish connection? How did you find a Scottish connection? Well, there, as we always say, the listeners may find more. Mm -hmm. But I have two for you. Mm -hmm. Two do for this month. Mm -hmm. Well, the first one is many of our listeners may love the books of Alexander McCall Smith. Yes, absolutely, uh uh-huh. The number one ladies detective Detective agency. agency. Well, I looked at his life and he was actually born in Zimbabwe, northern Rhodesia. But in his later life, after training in Edinburgh, he returned and he worked in Botswana for many years and he helped to start the legal school in Botswana. Oh, 
course the Kalahari Typing School. There oh, you are. And the stories are all about these ordinary folk in Botswana who are so proud of their country. And it comes through in his book, The Great Love the people of Botswana have for their country. So I thought he would be one Scottish yeah, connection for you. Yeah. And number two, well, thinking back to how they met, they met at a dance. This dance was held in London. Mm-hmm. And this dance was organised by the, the London Missionary Society. Now, there's a Scottish connection. I'm sure our listeners are thinking about that rings bells. The London Missionary Society were the group who sent David Livingstone out to that part of the world. In fact, much of his life was spent in the area of Botswana and he called it the centre of the sphere of my labours. So while they were dancing to the jazz music in the halls of the London Missionary Society, my goodness, his name was probably up on a wall by Mm -hmm. that time. Mm -hmm. So that's two good Scottish connections for you. And interesting, you were talking about their love of jazz because, of course, jazz music, they, they discovered that the origins of jazz music comes from Africa. And we doing a global talk this month. We'll have to go into outer space in the future. (laughs) But we're making it global, but with a Scottish connection, Uh just so we see how much our influence has spread across the world. Incredible. And what about the music choice? I am very happy with the music choice because I thought I could pick up on their love of jazz music. And there is the Grammy Award winner of 2023 who is an amazing voice who owes a lot to that jazz music of the 1950s so could we have Samara Joy singing Can't Get Out of This Mood for our Ruth Williams Kammer Can't get out of this mood Can't get over this feeling Just can't get out of this mood Last night your lips were too appealing And the thrill should have been all gone by today In the usual way But it's only your arms I'm out of Can't get out of this dream What a fool to dream of you Twasn't part of my scheme Dream of you, twas and far. 
The amazing sound of Samara Joy there with Can't Get Out of This Mood. My thanks, of course, to the amazing Liz Allen who did all of that work in prep for our talk about Ruth Williams' Kama and about the United Kingdom. Uh, If you've seen the film, it's an incredible film, but the film is actually, obviously, they've changed bits of it and they've twisted... Yeah, they've changed bits of the story because what you heard was was actually what what occurred. Now, we're going to go and do something totally different. This is called The Human Renegade and the song is called Fallen Rising.
go. That was The Fallen Rising with by Human Renegade. Now, this week, many are looking forward to the coronation of King Charles III and Queen Camilla. And the pageant will see the crowning of the king as well as a party at the palace with the likes of Lionel Richie, Andre Bocelli, Brian Triffle, Freya Readings and many more performing as a concert afterwards. Now, in particularly in Scotland, it's a chance to enjoy maybe a little bit of extra time off and maybe dust off the barbecue if we get some nice weather, get the family together, because any excuse really for a bank holiday. This is Andre Pacelli, though, that we're going to be listening to next. Now, it's got a beautiful Italian sound to it. It's Nel to a man, and it is Now We Are Free, and you'll probably recognise it as the bit in Gladiator, you know, just at the end. I found a love
Now, the irony is not lost on me, the fact that I've just played Now We're Free from Gladiator, which is all about the Republic and the, the Roman Empire, etc., when we're talking about the coronation. However, it is Andre Bocelli, and it is an absolute gorgeous voice. Lovely sound. Now, last week, as a present for my Christmas birthday, Paul paid for tickets to go and see Kai and Nadia and their show, Once Upon a Time. This was a trip through their earliest dance memories to winning of five titles in Nadia's case, and once in Kai's. There was a troupe of dancers and a musician to help make the night, and Kai is the most amazing MC, a good-looking, muscle-bound hunk who was able to deftly lift and sweep Nadia across the stage. There were ballroom dances and Latin dances, and at the end of Act 1, there was a Paso Doble, which included a mashup of Bad Romance by Lady Gaga and Toxic by Britney Spears. Amazing. The second act was all about their love affair and it had a sumptuous waltz where the two glided seamlessly across the stage with When I Fall In Love playing. There was a modern section comprising of Janis Jackson's Rhythm Nation, but ultimately the two stars in real life and their love story swishing across the stage to the strains of Ed Sheeran's Perfect just about summed up the night. I found a love for me Darling, just dive right in Follow my lead I found a girl Beautiful and sweet I never knew you were the someone Waiting for me Cause we were just kids when we fell in love Not knowing what it
And tomorrow's weather is actually going to be dry all day tomorrow and a matter of rain for Friday. That's your latest weather on Cam Glen Radio. And what's coming up on Saturday show? Um, back on Saturday, the Notice Dance Classics for the month of May on my GMA show. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to that on Saturday. And so what are we going to be playing next? Basement Jacks. And Bingo Bangle. Bingo Bangle, yeah.
a little bit of Basement Jacks there with Bingo Bango and if you like that make sure you listen in to Graham's show Saturday night GMS right here on Cam Glen Radio. Now we're going to go and listen to this band, it's DMAs and it's called Forever. I was lost Without a wing to carry on How can I live without a cause? How can I bring you to the edge so close? You're always doubting the game To be with you is the strangest thing I've known
There you go. That was DMEs with their track called Forever. Now, I was so lucky last week to get to chat to Sally Magnuson all about her brand new book, which is Music in the Dark. Now, she's going to be performing at the Rutherglen Town Hall on Tuesday night. That's the book launch. And the tickets are £5 still available on the website. So make sure that you come along and listen to BBC Radio Scotland. BBC Scotland, sorry, news anchor, talking about her brand new book. But this is a little taste of it. Tell me a little bit about how you got into writing and and how the book came about. I've been writing forever, really. started out as a newspaper reporter. I was on The Scotsman and then the long defunct Sunday Standard newspaper. So I've always enjoyed uh, putting, putting words to, to paper or to, to screen. But when I, children of my own, I was severely constricted in the amount of, of writing that I could actually do because I also had my, my tele job, which I was able to, to sort of keep on as well. And it's only actually as my children have grown up that I've been able to concentrate much more much more determinedly really on the writing side. It was nonfiction for a long time. Then I wrote in 2014, was published a book called Where Memories Go, which is about mm-hmm. my mother's dementia. And that was nonfiction, but it was with a new publisher who was so delighted with the way that book had gone. She wanted me to do another book um, about something else that interested me quite soon after. And I found myself telling her about Icelandic uh, hostages who'd been taken in uh, prisoner in, in the 17th century in Iceland, taken back to Algiers, sold into slavery. And she said, oh, you've got to write about that, Sally. And I realised I couldn't do that as non-fiction because I didn't have the time to spend in libraries in Istanbul, you know. So I wrote it as as uh, as fiction, historical fiction, based on fact, authentically researched, but with fictional characters that I had to learn the new novelistic craft of imbuing with life and and personality and and griefs and and thoughts and and, and all that sort of thing. And following that. Which, which also did quite well as a debut novel. I wrote The Ninth Child, which was about the Loch Catherine waterworks and its building in the 19th century and the, the clean water from the highlands that was being sent down to Glasgow to stop the next cholera epidemic because of the, the diseased water that they'd been having for so long. And this one, this one is about the Highland Clearances, but looking at the role of women in the Highland Clearances in terms of their ability and their common tendency to get together in each township and try and stop the delivery of eviction notices, which led to a huge battle between women and the police in mm-hmm. up in Strathcarran near Tain in 1854. And 30 years after that, my uh, action takes place with a woman who was caught up in all that and now finds herself in Rutherglen uh-huh. because... That is also where my great-grandmother ended up after she was evicted from the Highlands, a different part of the Highlands in Uh in the uh, mid-19th century. So that's a long answer. (laughs) No, that's a great summary of how you you came into being. The book itself, you're saying Rutherglen is part of it. It's obviously set in Rutherglen. It's talking about people who have come down from the Highlands, of which my mum, as I said, was a teacher, but she came from Lewis. And she left her home. She said she left home when she was 13 to go to the Nicholson Institute in Stornoway. And then she came down to Jordan Hill and she really didn't go back home again after that, except for summer holidays, because 
her life was based either in Stornoway when she was in high school and then in Jordan Hill. So I'm sure it's a story that, that's told right throughout the Highlands, really, of the fact that many of these people had to leave their, their communities to find work elsewhere. They did. And many, many of them, as as the other main character in, in my book does, many of them had to go right abroad. Yeah. And that's that's how America came to be so populated with, with Highlanders. And, and, and also it happened to the Irish as well. But those who couldn't, either couldn't afford to to go abroad or just, you know, didn't, it just didn't suit their circumstances because they were too old or frail or women alone or whatever it might be. They had to seek work in the in the cities. And the cities at the time that I'm writing about were cesspits if you were poor. I mean, they, it was the, the tenements in Glasgow were hotbeds of, of disease and squalor. They, they really were. And my character, Jamesina Ross, who's who's based on my, my great grandmother at this stage, she is looking for somewhere where she can afford to live, but will give her more fresh air and more space for her remaining son to mm-hmm. have a chance of living because TB was the was the great illness at that time that was just uh, slaying families and, and children. And, you know, the the conditions in the worst of the tenements just made that worse. And what Rutherglen provided at that time, Rutherglen having been older than Glasgow in the first place, um, starting out as the great trading centre on the Clyde in, in medieval times, Rutherglen had been, for all sorts of reasons, overtaken by Glasgow and had become much more of a, of a backwater, which meant that industrialization happened slower in Rutherglen. It happened and there were, you know, there was soon a chemical factory and there were boatyards and so on, but it was happening at a slower rate. And so Rutherglen was much more countrified. Mm -hmm. And even when I was growing up there in the mid 20th century, it was, you know, there were, there were still green fields. Canbraes was just up the road and it still felt much more countrified than Glasgow. And that's what my great grandmother had been looking for when she moved with her with her uh, really one surviving son who was a 15 year old boy called Archie as he as he is in the book who she was trying to kind of save from TB and her older son John was my grandfather and he had he had left by that time to get married. Wow yeah and like you were saying it's interesting to talk about Rutherglen being slightly outside of Glasgow and, and sort of more in the slightly greener shall we say than maybe Glasgow itself was at that point because of course Capkin Brace was one of these places where people would go and take in the fresh air and things like that and Dutchmont Hill that I've been reading about in Hugh Robertson's rambles around Glasgow and you're thinking oh my gosh I didn't actually realise that that was a place that people went for a day trip sort of thing. Hugh Robertson's um his book was very useful to me when I was when I was kind of researching that period to try and get get a feel for for what it was like then. And my my mother always said about her father, my grandfather, who I never actually knew, but she said rigorously and religiously every Sunday, which was his only day off, it was the same for everybody then, they walked to Cathcanbrays yeah. because and she said she didn't realize till she was older how much it mattered to him to be out in the fresh air because his siblings and his father had died of TB and he was so determined that his children would not succumb. Mm-hmm. 
the way of doing it was to get as much fresh air as they could as possible yeah that's it and this was sort of the start of the the idea that you got a day of rest that you used that to to improve yourself either by reading or by taking an exercise doing something more different from your normal you can't say nine to five because of course it wasn't nine to five they were working much longer shifts than than yeah. nine to five then but you know different from their day job yeah absolutely yourself you wear many hats you know you're you're a presenter you work in the news you do songs of praise things like that of all of the hats that you wear which is your favorite do you think that's such an interesting question it would be hard I'd be hard put to it to to answer in terms of favorites because what I have always relished and relished to this day is doing different things so I wouldn't have lasted so long, I think, in television if I had done it all the time. I, I just mean lasted in terms of I had my zeal for it mm -hmm. because what I've enjoyed is is I, I do two days a week in Reporting Scotland and that gives me time to do other things. If I had been writing exclusively all the time, I would probably have got bored of my own company and wanted to, to, to be part of a team and part of be a journalist, which is a, a very different kind of lifestyle from the solitary, go down to a shed in the garden and, and think, you know, great thoughts for your book. So it's been the combination. And in earlier years, it was my children. I've got five of them. So there was a, you know, quite a lengthy period in my life where that was my main job. But for that to be uh, <laughs> possible while keeping a brain, I needed to work as well. So I needed to either have a, a little book on the go that I could do in my spare time or be keeping my hand in with the news. So mm -hmm. at this stage of my life, I feel I'm concentrating more on the writing, mm -hmm. but, you know, really enjoying the fact that like today I can I can spend I can spend a time talking to you about books and then I can go to the news and you know, see what's on the agenda today, and get my mm -hmm. mind right that, and the, and the presentation skills required, and and be doing it all together. Mm -hmm. And I was just interestingly because I was speaking to Joy Dunlop not so very long ago, who's got a brand new album out, Cure, and I was just thinking, does everybody in the newsroom have a second secret talent or a secret <laughs> sideline that you've all got? Because Judith, of course, was a, an opera singer. Yeah. John Mackay on STV, he plays the bagpipes. So I'm thinking. These all have a secret side hustle or something else that you have to do in a, in a relation to the news. Yeah, no, that's 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 very interesting. Um, thinking about it that way, I think the more, I think the more sides you have to yourself and the more interests you have, the more you can bring a, a certain kind of wisdom and detachment to the news. Actually, because it never it never does to be to be too much in the bubble. You know, I think mm. it's I think it's good to have to have interests outside. And in terms of like your creative outlet, do you think that helps when you're dealing with the news? Particularly, I'm thinking about some of the harder stories that you've maybe had to report on over the years, like Lockerbie and, and Dumblane, things like that, that would have had massive amounts of news coverage, but, you know, can maybe affect you personally. Because if you're constantly reporting that sort of information, how that having a, a different world to escape to might, might improve things for you? Yeah, possibly so. Um, I mean, it's no different in a way and, and probably easier in a way than than being a, a nurse or a doctor or, you know, the emergency services who are who are dealing with trauma, you know, day in, day out. And you're you're trained for the you're trained for the hard stuff and you go into a certain kind of autopilot 
mode. Um, I remember when Jill Dando, the television presenter, oh, yeah. Jill Dando, was murdered. Now, she was a very close friend, but I had to talk about her in the news that oh, evening as if she wasn't. And I wondered how I would get on. And But, but actually, that part of you that just says, you know, this is the news. It's got nothing to do with me, uh, my my thoughts or my feelings. So just as that helps, I think that instinct helps to keep us politically impartial, to be able to move from subject to subject and from uh, political position to political position. When you're doing an interview, you're always sort of taking the other the other side of it. And that's because you you learn how to just keep your own thoughts and feelings out of it. I think that comes into play as well when you are reporting on awful things. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to step back. I mean, it's not always easy, and it's you know it's not always possible. But but um, it's it's what many other people have to do in their in their jobs as well. Mm-hmm. That's great. And of course, you're coming to Rutherglen to talk in our town hall on the ninth. Of May, 9th of May. Yeah. Yes, and uh, everybody's welcome. If there's if there's space, uh, do come along. Um, we're having a. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the book, um, and then there should be some some singing and dancing. I haven't organised it. My publishers have very <laughs> kindly organised it, so I, I'll be as um, interested as anybody else to see what we do. But we're hoping to have just a bit of a a keely and mm-hmm. uh, and and some fun and um, celebrate. Uh, celebrate Rutherglen, actually. Uh-huh. I mean, I because don't your, know. Mom, your mom was from Rutherglen. Your mom was yeah. at Rutherglen Academy, wasn't it? Yes, absolutely. I mean, from the from the time that my great-grandmother came to Glasgow, that time that I was describing to you, uh, so her son, John, he married and had his family in Rutherglen, and then one of his family was my mother, and she got married and uh, had her family in Rutherglen. So I that's that's why I grew up there as well, and I have extremely happy memories of of um, my life. I was at Calderwood Primary, whisked off to a private school in Glasgow before I managed to get to the secondary school. But as you say, my mother was at Rutherglen Academy. Yeah, and, uh, I was involved in the reunion for them a few years ago, which is how I knew that your mom was part yeah, of that yeah. school. And of course, talked about the ballad club that so famous that the Scottish folk industry seemed to have been at this ballad school club as part of it. Well, I hope you'll come along, Kat. Will you come along to the... On, to on the Tuesday, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. yes. Excellent. And of course, you're going to be part of I Write. What's it like being back at these in-person events when you get to speak to people who... who are you pleased to be back talking to people face to face, or would you rather do it over no, the screen? No, I'm I, no, I, I, I'm not a fan of Zoom. Um, I think, like all of us, I got very tired of it by the end of the pandemic. I'm delighted that these festivals are coming back. Scotland has some wonderful book festivals, of which I, I write as one, and it's been hard for them to to keep going through these times when we couldn't actually meet in the flesh. But they're 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 coming back with enormous vigor now. And um, I'm delighted to be to be talking about my book. I mean, I, I often am at book festivals, even when I haven't got a book myself. I, mm-hmm. I do interviews for for other authors, because I think the the celebration of of literature, of of books, of ideas, and the meeting of other people who share that enthusiasm, is is just great. Excellent, that's great. Thank you, and thank you so much again for your time, Sally. I do appreciate that. 
So there you go. That was Sally Magnuson talking to me all about her brand new book called Music in the Dark. There's going to be a launch event on Tuesday night at Rutherglen Town Hall. Tickets are £5 each and they're available through the Rutherglen uh, Town Hall website. So get your tickets and you may even see me there. Now we're going to go and listen to a little bit of Kelly Clarkson. Brand new song from her. It's called Mine. Radio is an amazing medium. It can inspire, entertain, inform and connect people. This station, Cam Glen Radio, is run by a dedicated, passionate and committed team of volunteers and you can be one of those volunteers too. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced broadcaster or if you've never set foot in a studio in your life. We provide all the training and support that you need to do what you want to do. And it's a great way of making new social connections, learning new skills, expanding on your CV and just having loads of fun. So to find out more about volunteering with Cam Glen Radio, just email volunteering at healthynhappy.org.uk. You know I question every motive, everything you say Thought with you maybe my heart wasn't meant to break Can't believe I let you in, I can't believe I stay As long as I stay, yeah I hope one day someone will take your heart and hold it tight Make you feel like you're invincible deep inside And right when you think that it's perfect, they cross the line and steal your shine like you did mine go Every step I take I'm losing hope and love And I've lost all in faith Yeah, for a dreamer I just close my eyes And it's all blank I have you to thank, yeah I hope one day someone Will take your heart and hold it tight Make you feel like you're invincible Deep inside And right when you think that you'll try again They cross the line And steal your shine Like you did Spotless mind 
There you go, that was a brand new one from Kelly Clarkson. It's called Mine. Now, if it's to be believed on social media, the reason that the song's come into being is because, of course, there's been a very messy divorce between Kelly Clarkson and the husband, Blackstock. Now, the, the, I'm trying to think because there's a very convoluted... So, Kelly Clarkson is Reba McIntyre's ex-daughter-in-law because the boy that she married was actually Reba's husband's son. There you go. I got there in the end. So, the, the song is all about basically saying cheerio, basically, to the ex-husband. So, let's go and do a little bit of community announcements now. Bear with me. Radio. Community announcements. So, U-Turn Peer is peer education service offering accredited courses, skills, expertise while learning about the dangers of drugs and alcohol. To get involved with your local community, courses run across South Lanarkshire. And to find out more about the courses, call 0141 353 1800 or email U-Turn at the gca.org.uk or find U-Turn on social media. Everyone experiences bereavement at some stage of their life, whether it's the death of a parent, a loved one, a friend or a child. The experience often means that our lives will never be the same again. However, Crew Scotland can provide support to help overcome the grief and the emotions that follow. If you or anyone you know needs support, they can be called on 0808 802 6161. And finally, Macmillan Cancer... Support Lanarkshire have reopened their Cambus Lang support base. It's on every Wednesday from half past one to half past three, and they'll be able to help with accessing financial support, practical and emotional support, and to help with arranged transports for appointments. You can drop in, and there's no need to book ahead. And that's all your community announcements right here on Cam Glen Radio. Coming up now, we've got Get It Up Loud with Hum- Humanity Deluxe. Watch them roam We're looking down the microscope on them all What makes them tick? What makes us tick? I don't know Or maybe we should leave it there Let it go Oh 
There you go, Humanity Deluxe, and that was called Get It Upload. Now, I had to go and double-check that, but the, the tagline says, an original Glasgow rock band, and I'm thinking, really, that sounds so retro, doesn't it? Really sort of 1960s, 1970s rock sound, I think, from that Humanity Deluxe. Get It Upload is what that was called. We're going to now listen to something slightly different. This is Brendan. It's called Microscopic Babe. <laughs> an amazing medium. It can inspire, entertain, inform and connect people 
This station, Cam Glen Radio, is run by a dedicated, passionate and committed team of volunteers and you can be one of those volunteers too. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced broadcaster or if you've never set foot in a studio in your life. We provide all the training and support that you need to do what you want to do. And it's a great way of making new social connections, learning new skills, expanding on your CV and just having loads of fun. So to find out more about volunteering with Cam Glen Radio, just email volunteering at healthynhappy.org.uk. So there you go. That was Brenda, Microscopic Babe. Now, Ed Sheeran has been in the news just recently. He is getting sued about his track, hit track, um, Thinking Out Loud, by part of the people who were involved in Marvin Gaye's estate. And they were saying that he's used bits from Let's Get It On. It's all very complicated. And it's, there's a whole sort of about the chord progressions and the sound and Oh, honestly. Anyway, they're they're currently discussing that in the court as we speak. He's got a brand new single out called Eyes Closed. It is his, I think it's his fourth or fifth number one single. And it is coming up from a forthcoming album. So here is Ed Sheeran with Eyes Closed. I know it's a bad idea how can I help myself? Been inside for most this year And I thought a few drinks they might help It's been a while, my dear Dealing with the cards life dealt I'm still holding back these tears When my friends are somewhere else I pictured this year a little bit different When it hit February A step in the bar, it hit me so hard oh, How can it be this heavy? Every song reminds me you're gone And I feel the lump form in my throat I'm here alone Just dancing with my eyes closed Cause everywhere I look I still see you And time is moving so slow And I don't know what else that I can do So I'll keep dancing with my with my eyes closed everywhere I 
There you go. From Ed Sheeran, another number one single. It's called Eyes Closed. Now we're moving on to our featured artist right here at Cam Glen Radio. It is the 80s pop band that we're famous for, young at heart. It is, of course, the Bluebells. They've got a brand new album out that is being produced by Last Night in Glasgow. It's called In the 21st Century. The next track that we're going to listen to is something called Anyone Could Be a Buzzcock. Now, if you like listening to the Bluebells, then make sure you listen in to Brian Byrne this Friday night when he's going to be interviewing some of the people from the Bluebells all about their long career and about creating brand new music. This week's featured artist. Cam Glenn Radio's featured artist. <laughs> There you go. That is Anyone Could Be a Buzzcocks, our featured artist right here at Cam Glen Radio from the Bluebells. And as I said, if you like them, make sure you're listening to Brian Byrne, the Music is the Key of Life, Friday night right here from six o'clock when he's going to be speaking to some of the band members from the Bluebells about their long career in music. Now we're going right back to the 1970s here. The Eagles and this incredible track, Desperado. I absolutely loved the Eagles. And I'm going to tell you a little story because my poor husband really wasn't into music before he met me. 
Um, and we had got tickets. My brother and I were massively into the Eagles. We had the greatest hits. Tequila Sunrise, um, Witchy Woman, all of these, and of course Desperado. So we'd got tickets to go and see the Eagles at Hamden, and we had a spare ticket because we thought our John, our youngest brother, was coming with us, and he didn't. So we dragged Paul. So Paul had no clue what he was going to, and at the very end, as we're all we're working out, he went, they weren't bad, were they? So here's the Eagles with Desperado, and they're not bad, no. Desperado Why don't you come to your senses You've been out riding fences For so long now Oh, you're a hard one But I know that you got your reasons These things that are pleasing you can hurt you somehow Don't you draw the queen of diamonds, boy She'll beat you if she's able You know the queen of hearts is always your best bet Now it seems to me some fine things Have been laid upon your table but you only want the ones that you can't get Desperado Oh, you ain't getting no young Your pain and your hunger They're driving you home And freedom, oh freedom Well, that's just some people talking your prison is walking through this world all alone Don't your feet get cold in the wintertime The sky won't snow and the sun won't shine It's hard to tell the nighttime
There you go, Desperado there by the Eagles. Aren't they just incredible? Now, it's coming nearly towards the end of my show. I've just got a couple more songs to play, but make sure you stay tuned listening in to the rest of Cam Glen Radio. From two o'clock, we have got Emmy Doherty with her family radio show. At half past three, we've got Press Pause, brand new sort of uh, natural music sounds um, from the surrounding area. At six o'clock, you've got Susan Lyons Blues Past and Present followed at seven o'clock with Jamie Heaney and Jamie has always got some great tracks on his show. And at ten o'clock, you've got the old chart show with Jim Corbett right here on Cam Glen Radio. Now, on Saturday afternoon, Rumi does a clamp down between one and three and he's got this is his pick, which is James and She's a Star.
There you go, she's a, sh- a star by James. That is the specialist presenter pick of Remy from the Clampdown. And if you like that, make sure you're listening in Saturday afternoon between 1 and 3, right here on Cam Glen Radio. Well, that's nearly all from me. Just to tell you that next week I'm going to be interviewing Bob McDevitt from part of the I Write Festival. Now, one of the stars of the show really is Val McDermott, the crime writer, the queen of crime, of course. She's got a brand new track and a new book out called 1989 and it is recent it's all about the journalist Ali Burns and she's investigating in East Germany just before its collapse. It's the start of the rave scene and the unscrupulous media mogul is attempting to stranglehold the UK's media. Wait a minute 1989 are we sure? Golly sometimes things just the more things change the more they stay the same don't they? Anyway At the end of the book, there's a playlist and one of the tracks listed is this one. It's a great tune to end with. The only way is up. Let's go, Yaz. (laughs) 